Hey, everybody. This is Patrick, the Chief Monkey and founder of Wall Street Oasis. Just wanted to first off say thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Second, wanted to make sure for any of you in the market for financial modeling training, remind you that Wall Street Oasis does have some incredible financial modeling training courses, including Excel modeling, financial statement through, you know, linking up the three statements, DCF, valuation, M&A, LBO, um, even more niche courses like 13-week cash flow, venture capital course, real estate modeling, you name it. Go ahead and check them out at wallstreetoasis.com slash courses. Thanks for the support. Hello and welcome. I'm Patrick Curtis, Chief Monkey of Wall Street Oasis, and this is Monkey to Millions, a show where you get a front row seat as I mentor young students and professionals to try and help them break into their dream jobs. In the first cohort, you'll meet four students, all preparing for intense job interviews while trying to also balance a personal life and schoolwork. The goal of this show is to shine a light on the struggles of trying to break into competitive positions with a non-traditional background and to give you a roadmap for your own success. My hope is that as you get to know these four impressive students, you're inspired to dream big. Remember, these are real people and this is their true story. Let's get to it. In Grace's third session, we find out that she has an investment banking internship interview just a few days away. It's clear that her new resume is working well, since most people getting interviews for this role are sophomores or juniors, so that's exciting. She's still just a freshman. So in this session, we also review five of the most common technical interview questions for investment banking, as well as give her some homework to be ready with seven stories for the fit portion of the interview. But first, hear from Grace over the previous few weeks leading up to this session. Hello. So on Friday, I went to the event or conference that the Women's Association of Venture and Equity had here in the city. And there were students and um, women in private equity and venture capital here from all over the country. So I got to meet some um, really interesting people. And I even met one person with whom I was discussing the possibility of a one or two day a week internship during the spring semester at their office here in the city. So I'm following up with them on more information about that. And that would be a small um, firm that focuses on buying distressed credit. And then yesterday I um, ended up actually being able to go to the private dinner that the co-founder of um, Varde had after her talk here at Fordham. Um, She's a very impressive person and had a lot of great advice, so I'm very glad I was able to go to that. And then as for this week, I am continuing to send out LinkedIn invites, and I've even received some responses right away from people offering to do phone calls, so I'm already in the process of setting some of that up. Hello, so this is one of the last weeks of the semester, so the work is really piling up. And especially because I have family friends visiting the city the entirety of this coming weekend, I have several additional things I need to make sure to get done during the week that I won't have time to do over the weekend. That being said, there is on Wednesday this week what they call the diversity and inclusion night here. So I'm one of about 50 or so students who are attending and there will be 
about 30 or so people from a lot of the banks and financial firms there, mostly the, um, I guess, diversity, recruiting um, type positions or people at those banks. Um, So people from Goldman, JP Morgan, Barclays, Citi, Morgan Stanley, a lot of the really big firms. So that should be a great opportunity to meet some people then. I have several phone calls and coffee meetings set up for the week as well. And then I'm also in the process of talking with one of the firms I met at the Women's Association of Venture and Equity event, I guess it was last week or the week before that, about the possibility of a spring semester internship since I have one day off in my schedule and then one or two afternoons off. So that would be a one or one and one and a half day a week um, internship type position. They just opened their office in the city. So their New York location isn't that large. So it would be a pretty informal thing, but that because of that, that um, they could be really flexible with when I come in, which is good. So I'm in the process of um, figuring out the logistics of that and waiting to hear back from them on that. So that sounds promising too. All right. So I just watched your kind of updates. It sounds like you had a conference and things went well and you've kind of been in discussions for a few spring internships. Mm hmm. Yeah, so there's one firm that I met at the one conference um, that I've been talking with, and they just opened their office in the city. So um, it's not super organized yet. So anything I did with them over the spring would be a little more informal. But because of that, I probably have more flexibility, which would be good. What's um, is, is it investment bank? Investment bank? No, it's um, they. I don't completely understand what they do, but what? I think they provide financing for a lot of private equity transactions mm-hmm. um so they're on that side of things so credit like private mm-hmm. equity credit or whatever yes so they're yeah. do you know what they're uh, are they small like are they yeah big? they're called backcast partners back back b-a-c-k mm-hmm. b-a-c-k-c-a-s-t okay cool i'll take a look after and give you any thoughts i have but yeah um it could just be a private equity credit, uh, one of those companies that just works on like providing loans for private mm-hmm. equity transactions. Okay, cool. So they're opening an office in New York. You talked to somebody who uh, works there. Was this at the the Women's Finance Conference? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. And so, how did you? Did she like? Was she talking to a lot of students, or did you feel like you had some sort of into getting an internship there? Um, I mean, I was just talking to her individually. So at the end, they kind of had a career fair thing where a lot of the firms there had tables set up and I was just walking around and um, she was wasn't really talking about internships to anyone. But I kind of brought it up saying I'm in the city um, and just asked about spring internships. Um, She said they could definitely use the help. So um, I'm going to hear back from them. And then, yeah, if you get enough private equity related stuff on your resume, you never know. You Mm -hmm. could, you could (laughs) go straight to PE. Um, Mm -hmm. But anyway, sorry, go ahead. What else was going on? And on Monday, I have an interview for a boutique investment bank. Yeah. And so they have a few Fordham alumni that work there. Mm -hmm. So they um, take interns through our IB club at Fordham. And there's currently three Fordham students who are interning there. 
And um, so one of them will be leaving for the spring semester. So that's the person whose spot they're interviewing for now. And I've talked with him. So he's a junior. So I'm surprised I even got the interview because there are three interns now are all juniors. Like so, their junior summer. Um, well, no, they were there. I think most of them were there their sophomore summer. And then they've stayed through this part of their junior year. And were they given, like, are they expected to get full-time offers when they finish after their junior summer? Uh, it's not clear because the one intern is leaving now to intern somewhere else. Okay. So I'm not exactly sure. <laughs> kind of a weird time that they're doing, like, a winter internship kind of thing. It's like, mm -hmm. I guess because you guys are all in the city, it's a little bit different. You have more opportunities right. to build your mm -hmm. resume. Um, no, that's a huge advantage to be able to, you're in the city if you can balance it with schoolwork and the whole networking thing it can make your resume really stand out compared mm -hmm. to kids who are more regional cities so if you can i mean the one thing i'd say is oftentimes if you're going to be going to this like credit pe shop that's just starting out in new york a lot of the work is probably gonna be really it's tough it's not gonna be like right. high impact work you know what i mean mm -hmm. um, ideally you can at least be supporting somebody that is doing more of the analytical work and get that on your resume right um, but I mean, there's only so much you can do as an intern your freshman year. So it's right. <laughs> kind of expected that you're going to mm -hmm. have more of the, hey, go get coffee and that those types of role, <laughs> those right. types of jobs <laughs> initially. Um, okay. So you, it sounds like that's, that's great news. So one that, that interview on Monday, um, it's for a boutique investment bank. Do you have any indication, any thoughts about whether it's going to be behavioral, uh, more like fit-based questions or technical questions or have they not mm -hmm. given it? so I talked with the person who is the spot who is in the spot now that yeah. I'm interviewing for and he told me that um on so his team is that he works with is really just one associate and one MD and that's it yeah um, so his interview was first with the associate and it was some technical questions but he gave he basically told me the questions that he remembers being asked mm -hmm. and none of them were too deep and running anything um like walk me through a dcf or like mm -hmm, just kind of basic things just like what are the three types of valuations okay um yeah really very basic and then after that he said he, it was just a conversation with the md do you very feel conversational. so did you use the new resume that we worked on to apply to this yes did okay did you have interests and remind me at the bottom of that yes i did mm -hmm. be ready to talk about those Okay. <laughs> because um, they may be more curious and maybe just be like a more informal conversation. Just mm -hmm. want to see if they can like, like have a normal conversation with you and enjoy their time. Because really small places like this, it's often about if they like you or not. And like they, mm -hmm. they you'll probably answer the whatever softball technical questions they ask you. Like you should be ready for walking through a DCF. Why right. banking? Why, you know, the, the valuations? Um they probably aren't going to give you any crazy brain teasers or, or whatnot. Um, mm -hmm. I like a trading role, but um, I don't know. Do you want to do like a little mock interview right now for like a technical mock interview and then mm -hmm. maybe a little behavioral? Okay. Would that be helpful? Yeah. Because I, so. I think like, honestly, it might help me gauge where you are and give you some feedback versus. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. Let me, let me pull up. I have so much stuff here mm -hmm. open, but yeah, so he, gave me the five questions that he was asked um that he so i wrote those down um and i guess the really the most complex one was if 
um, depreciation went up ten dollars. Yeah, this is like, What's the effect? So, do, are you able to walk through that now? Are you comfortable? I think so. <laughs> what if they changed it on you? In so what, what way? So, what if it was slightly different? What if it was instead of decreased or increased depreciation by ten dollars, it was the other other direction in twenty? Um. Yeah, I think I could. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> so like I would do that when you get off, like mm -hmm. just walk through it mentally and then say it out loud in your head. Like right. what would happen? Mm -hmm. Go through all three statements because you shouldn't just assume it's always gonna be the exact question that that they give you or he or however he remembered mm -hmm. or recalled it. Um what about like DC let me did he say walking through a DCF? Yes. Um yeah. it was that walking through DCF, what makes a good comparable company, and then what are the three types of valuations? And then what is investment banking? So what is investment banking? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so this is going to be pretty, um, I mean, we can even just go through your answers for those right now mm -hmm. because I think it's probably the most likely thing you're going to be asked. So mm -hmm. you should probably start there. So do you want to start with just what is investment banking and tell me what you mm -hmm. were thinking of how you're structuring that answer? Mm -hmm. That's the one I've been struggling with the most, I think. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> because I know, I guess you could say like it's um, advising on raising of capital and business restructuring for institutions and governments, but I'm not sure if that encompasses everything. Here, this, it this is but... a good this is a good thread. You should. Oh, sorry, I'm going to send you this thread. Okay. Uh, like just an overview, but like you could basically talk about what investment banks do. So you can see there's a lot of different types of uh, divisions within an investment bank and different types of investment banks. So you can say there's, you know, mergers and acquisitions, you're, where you're advising, um, comp you're hired by companies to advise on the sale and, um, and purchase of, of other companies and other divisions. Mm -hmm. um, there's leverage finance where you're um, issuing high yield debt to firms to help them fund corporate activities or other um other types of finance acquisitions. Sure. Uh, e then you have the ECM or the capital markets, ECM and DCM, where you advise on like IPOs, capital raises, secondary offerings. Mm -hmm. um, DCM is more like just structuring and raising new debt issuances. Right. And then like there's other niche divisions within a bank. So there's like sales and trading, there's restructuring as well. So restructuring mm -hmm. is like helping advise distressed companies. Right. And then there's different types of banks, ones that have um, like a balance sheet to work with where they can offer the financing as like a staple or add-on. And then there's others that are like pure advisory um, mm -hmm. that typically offer the financing. So like I would give some sort of answer like that where you're like going through the different divisions and what they do. Okay. Because then it shows you kind of get it. And especially for this smaller boutique, be like, I would definitely know what they do mostly. Do they mm -hmm. do? They just do M&A advising. So, per, so advising. like, for example, for this, for blah, blah, blah company, this would be M and A, but there's other banks that do a variety of things. You know, mm -hmm. um, it's not doesn't have to be just M and A. I think it'd be good to show them that you have a kind of a full picture view of that answer of that okay. question. Yeah, being like it, uh, something generic like um, you know, in advising institutions and government. It's just very vague. Okay. I know that you know what each division does within an investment okay. bank, and show me that you know lots of different divisions. So mm -hmm. that, that okay. link I sent you has like some of them. I'm looking through this, mm -hmm. see what else is there. Yeah, it's it's good. I think you could probably find some other stuff. There's also like industry and coverage groups. You can talk about how things mm -hmm. are um, structured that way. So sometimes right. there's like 
uh, TMT group that specializes in technology, media, and telecom. Sometimes there's FIG, financial institutions group. Sometimes there's like a group specific in energy in the energy space. Mm-hmm. Um, that all it'll be like more of a vertical, more of a vertically integrated group rather than a horizontally like mm-hmm. product, um, a coverage group versus just a, a specific function like an M and A group. Right. So, um, does that make sense? Yes. So I would look at that and definitely at least be able to name those five divisions that are listed there. With mm-hmm. like they do, uh, and kind of just be like, and they do. Don't just say there's this, this, this. Say exact. Say like what the what the bank actually does for their client mm-hmm. and how okay. they. So like I think that'll give them a good um, feeling that you you understand fully what it is. So okay. okay. Um, so that's that one. What's the next one that you said, or one of them? Um, I guess the depreciation one. Uh, so. It's the famous depreciation <laughs> question. This is like super common. I'm surprised. It's almost so common that um, I think I thought people stopped asking because it was like so obvious <laughs> that it was coming that like so many people just know it's coming. Um, mm-hmm. So let me pull that up here. Yeah, this is, I think, a pretty basic one where you're basically trying to walk the person through what happens when there's what a $10 drop in depreciation expense or something or yeah like i think the one he said was increased but yeah either way um, yeah let's see here i think it's right here it's got to be one of the top ones i remember see, i was going i found it on the technical guide yeah, i'm here yeah I'm, I, I, it's funny because i reviewed this exact question i gave this question to one of the other candidates in a mock prep in, in one of these sessions <laughs> and like okay. didn't do well I'm like you need to review that because that's super common <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and he was laughing he's like I know I should know that one um so like yeah it'll be in here I would review it because it but don't just review it for this exact question like try to do a couple different versions of the reverse right understand what's actually going on yeah understand what's actually going on so that you can do the math in the reverse because it's a little confusing because it's like Part of the part of the drop in depreciation expense means you have more taxable, you have more income, right? But you don't have right. the, you don't have the full ten. You only have the six because your sum is taxed. Mm-hmm. Right. right. So only six flows through to net income, which comes at the top of your cash flow statement, right? Mm-hmm. With but then you're adding back um, ten, so your I think your cash flow from operator or your cash flow goes up six or something like, something like mm-hmm. that. Like you have to be able to walk through each statement mm-hmm. so that you're. You know, no matter what direction it goes, and no matter what number they throw at you, hopefully it's ten because it's easier to do the math. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Cool. Anything else that they ask? or yeah, what else do they ask you? Um, the other one was the DCF, and then last one was um, what makes a good comparable company, which so, I know is just like geography, size, distribution channels, customers base. Well, yeah, industry the, the most, right? The most. Or, and, yeah. Yeah, so like industry, yeah, just anything that's that has a similar footprint in terms of business model, business model, and like, um, yeah, geography. I'd say not as important, but yeah, it's important. But like more like what what industries are selling into the product, services, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so for the DCF thing, be careful because there's lots of variations on that. They may ask you like, what's whack? How do you calculate it? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, weighted average cost capital, and, and you shouldn't understand how that's calculated. Like, mm-hmm. do you understand what that means? Weighted average cost of capital for a company? Mm-hmm. We're yeah. actually doing Cap M in my math class right now. Perfect. So I have at least that part. I have a better understanding of. 
Okay, good. Um, so the whole point of getting to a weighted average cost of capital is so you know what to discount the future cash flows. Right. Somebody back to get a present value in a, in a discounted cash flow valuation method. Mm -hmm. So understand the, before you kind of get into the full, like you look at this formula, it looks super scary, right? Mm -hmm. It looks crazy, but it's actually, it's, it's just basically getting the weighted average of equity and debt and the price mm -hmm. of equity, the price of debt such that you're um, getting a weighted average for that. Cost. Right. So it's mm -hmm. like, I think um, it can get overly like, you look at the formula, you can get overly like, you should step back and think conceptually what it means first and then mm -hmm. look in pieces. So this first piece right here is basically the equity portion of the debt equity, the preferred times mm -hmm. the cost of equity. So that's giving you like, so let's say it was like equity is 50%, debt was 50% and this was zero. If this was like, um, let's say 10% and the debt was 5% and this was 50 and 50, it would be basically, um, so what did I say? 10% for that. Mm -hmm. It would be 50% ratio. Um, sorry, 50% ratio of that whole capital structure and then 10%. So that would mm -hmm. be 5%, right? This whole thing right. would be 5% plus the debt would still be 50% because I said 50, 50, and then it would be, 5%, so it would be uh, 2.5. So 5, mm -hmm. 2.5, 7.5%, which theoretically makes sense. You're between 5 and 10. It's right. A distribution, the weighted average is equal, so you come out at a weighted average cost of capital of 7.5%, which makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, somebody like an Apple has a super low cost of debt. Mm -hmm. Or a large company, super stable cash flows, ton of cash, their cost of debt is going to be really, really low. Right. So like that's why Apple finally just issued bonds a couple of years ago because they're like, man, we could just get free money basically <laughs> um, to do additional expansion and product development. So okay, so but be careful with the DCF. Understand like the nuances behind WAC and just the whole conceptual framework mm -hmm. of going down from free cash flow all the way down to or levered free cash flow and unlevering free cash flow and all that. Mm -hmm. all down. Do you do you feel like you? have enough resources for that do you feel like this? i think so yes okay. um i was just gonna ask with the terminal value part yeah do, is it common for them to get into the details of like which method to use and which methods better for which situation or it, is it just good to know they, it typically won't ask you which is better but you should be able to be like what's common sense so like there's a um there's an implied perpetuity growth weight mm -hmm. growth rate they should ask you like would this be reasonable like at it doesn't make sense for a company to be growing faster than the economy into perpetuity. So if you have like a six or seven percent implied perpetuity growth rate, that makes no sense because that means it's going to continually just grow until it's a multi-trillion-dollar company bigger than any other. Right. Company. And then the implied exit multiple is something where you can think of it more of like a private equity side, where you're you have a terminal value calculated from um, the perpetuity growth method. So basically, it's it's a way to think of like okay, that final that final year, it's almost like you were to sell the company at mm -hmm. like X amount because that's what the transaction comps are, are saying. Mm -hmm. it's, that's the value in year five. You still discount that back, remember? Right. Still discount mm -hmm. back at year five, even no matter yes. at, that, at that exit multiple. But I don't think they're going to ask you like what's better. They may just ask you, um, they may just try to ask you if I had a perpetuity growth rate of 6%, would that be fine? That's a little bit mm -hmm. of a trick sometimes, you know, and they'll be, that would make sense. Mm -hmm. Much over 3% doesn't really make sense because eventually it would be, sorry about the, there's so many babies in this house right now. Oh, <laughs> 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 
but like yeah if you have if you hear um if you hear it getting like going much over three percent that should raise a red flag to you just because mm-hmm. it's basically saying that the company would grow into perpetuity forever at five or six or seven mm-hmm. percent, which is impossible right okay because that should be more than the entire world economy mm-hmm. uh, one company okay so so for that um yes definitely know like the nuances of the different types definitely know the nuances of you know how to calculate whack and what it what it actually means it's like the actual cost of borrowing money right the cost of getting money it's what are they mm-hmm. all, all it is right it's like what's their what's their interest rate how much are they getting charged to get money uh, blended between equity meaning issuing shares and debt meaning taking out loans right mm-hmm. okay. so um if you know that, I'm feeling pretty good about the whole DCF thing. Mm-hmm. Fine, and definitely review in the tech this part of the tech. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. In detail, and like make sure you really understand the the nuances of it. But, yes. Yeah. Okay. So, what else is they going to ask you? You think? Does that is that is that fair? <laughs> that answer. Mm-hmm. Um, is that helpful? Like the. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the only other question he said was just like, note what are the three. Um, evaluation methods. Some um, people ask you for four. Mm-hmm. Um, Would the fourth one be sum of parts, or there's sometimes like liquidity. There's sometimes people who have an LBO version. They right. say, but the three. If you, they ask for three, you basically are giving the comparables, the DCF right. precedent. Mm-hmm. But there is something called a LBO valuation here as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. So if somebody asks you what's four, you don't want to like freeze deer in the headlights. Like that's mm-hmm. probably what they're referring to, but yes, yeah, some okay. of the parts is one, um, LBO is another. Um, that's typically it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. Some of the parts I usually don't hear about. I, it's usually comparable, always comparable companies. Mm-hmm. Market valuation is just precedent. Mm-hmm. Action. Um, precedent transactions, and then, oh, sorry, market valuation is no, it's different. That's like based on multiples. If it's like a um, comparable company analysis. The DCI okay. is, you know, we just went over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, that's it. I would just, I would just definitely review this section in detail mm-hmm. so you're super comfortable with it. Um, right. That, that's it. It was just those five. Was that? Uh, five? Yeah, that's that's what he told me he was asked. So. <laughs> so pretty pretty much down the pike. No cra- no craziness. How comfortable yeah. about, are you about talking about like LBOs? Um, I guess somewhat comfortable. I'm gonna, um, I mean, I like, I reviewed a lot of that stuff this summer, so I'm gonna brush up more on it this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, since you I know, have... actually, since this is a small M&A shop, maybe mm-hmm. better, do you understand, are they doing like sell side M&A, buy side M&A? Do you know the difference? I'm not sure. So do they say anything on their site about that? Look. Because yeah, they do both. They do both. So it'd be good to look at their, do they have tombstones on there? Saying the types of deals they've closed recently, uh, like transactions or deals. Let's see. If they do, it'd be good to get a sense if, like, a lot of them are sell side or buy side. Mm-hmm. Get a sense of the type of work they do. And then one thing, if I was a small shop, just you know, it's kind of in line with the what is investment banking. Mm-hmm. It'd be interesting if they asked kind of the next layer of that, and they said, okay, well, in the M and A process, what's a sell side M and A process look like? Mm-hmm. And so just like not being like, oh, I have no clue, like actually being able to say, 
well, on a sell side, you know, you're you're hired to help sell either a division or a company. So it's like, you know, mapping out the buyer universe. Um, you know, and I never did strictly M and A, so I don't know. I I was I was in private equity. I did restructuring, mm-hmm. but I know it's like, you know, you're you're basically creating the whole universe, uh, the buyer's universe. You're reaching out. You're trying to you're collecting bids, um, mm-hmm. of interest. Then you go out. You do another round, and basically try to get um, from the LOI to a um, actual basically deal done um, within mm-hmm. ideally three, you know, three to six months. Mm-hmm. But knowing that those processes on the sell side M&A process, like step mm-hmm. by step, and you can probably find some good stuff online for free too. And then mm-hmm. if they do buy side, buy side as well. And that's like um, decretion or what is it? Um, the DNA analysis, I forget what they stand for. Um, decretion uh, and no. DNA, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, depreciation and something? Or are you saying? No, like, I'm blanking on the words right now. That's fine. <laughs> that's fine. I'm not. I'm not the best person to ask about M and A. But I, there's definitely some sections in here. Um, I think there's a whole section on M and A here. Stocks, along with interest, currencies, options, rares, merger and acquisitions, right here. Mm-hmm. Basic concepts. So there's a whole IBD walkthrough, like what they do. So, um, you know, why companies would want to merge, um, stuff like this. Mm-hmm. What do makers do during a sell side M&A? Perfect example here. Okay. So, like, know this stuff because mm-hmm. this is a little more relevant since you said they do a lot of M&A work. Mm-hmm. Definitely review this section right here, especially the basic, okay. at least the basic ones. Ideally, mm-hmm. do the advanced ones and if you can grasp it. I, I don't mm-hmm. think anything in here is super, super tough, but let me know if anything's okay. not clear um, mm-hmm. through it. But basically... Um, Focus on those five questions he gave you and then do a little bit more on the M&A stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then let's talk a little bit about uh, behaviorals because it sounds like it's going to be a lot about like just, hey, do I like this person or not? Right. <laughs> That's why cool. I think all that it is with the MD. <laughs> yeah. The MD is going to be like, hey, tell me what you do in your, fir- in your free time. Like, you know, that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. it's going to be probably a little more casual um, and they want to make sure, you know, that they can envision like, you know, not, you know, not being bored or like whatever, because you can, you have a sense of humor, stuff like that. So I think it's important to, as much as you can, as a freshman, it's super hard, but just be like confident and calm and, you know, as comfortable as you can be in that room. Right. Um, So like you feel like belong, I guess, in terms of your interest, what do you have down there on your resume? Um, I have... Um, fashion journalism and photography, ultimate frisbee, and hot yoga. Okay, so are you actually good at ultimate frisbee? Um, kind of. <laughs> I mean, I played <laughs> in high school, and I've okay. sort of joined a league in New York. Sort of. What does that mean? You kind of um, go? Well, I I'm in the process of it, kind of. So, so let on. me have, <laughs> let me do this with you because I think it's a good practice mm-hmm. of like just chatting with you about random things because. Mm-hmm. That's really I have what one question first. Yes. About um, so I know you had said what with interest, like be prepared for them to ask you about it. And so I was gonna put boxing on there because I like enjoy boxing mm-hmm. for fun, but I it's not like I follow professional boxing, so I wouldn't want to be asked about that because that's not something that I would be knowledgeable about at all. But yeah. I don't know if that so is that a smart idea not to put it on there then? You'd say boxing gyms or something like that or you could say uh-huh. thing 
I don't know. I you have yoga on there. I think mm-hmm. well in a boxing, I mean, some guys may really like that, but the problem is if they're really knowledgeable about boxing, like you said. Right. <laughs> like, oh, did you see the the you know Mayweather fight and the Pacquiao? And you're like, What? Like, no. Right. I, I do I'm not gonna know anything about that. Yeah, so probably better not to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and just be prepared for like, oh, so what do you do in your free time and stuff like that? And mm-hmm. not like, oh, I study. <laughs> I network, which is the truth, right? right? Like, <laughs> I network on LinkedIn. Um, you know, you can say, like, I, I like to work out and, you know, I have a lot of family in town and blah, blah, blah. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm trying to think what else could, like, help you stand out. I mean, mm-hmm. at Hot Yoga, what else was on there? Ultimate Frisbee and then fashion journalism and photography. Yeah, so did you work ever? Inter- were you an intern ever at like a fashion photography or anything like that? No. What made, what got you interested in that? Um, I don't know in particular. I have friends that run like their own, I guess, like small like fashion blog type things. But I know that's such a generic thing, but I kind of help them with that. So, but it's nothing big what do you at do? all. What do you do for them? The actual uh, Like taking pictures. So. Do you have a special camera? Do you have a good camera? Nothing too special DSLR, in Nikon. But... <laughs> Is it a DSLR? Or like, do you know a lot? Mm, of... A DSLR. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, just it would be good to have a little bit more of like uh, details around that. Those mm-hmm. like, oh, and, and I'm on the fashion magazine at my school too. I yeah, but that. just like more details around like the type of photography, like fashion photography, great. But like, like you said, uh, bring that story out a little bit. Well, like, so a lot of my friends in high school were um, started these fashion blogs that were getting popular, they needed help. And so I would, I just got into like helping them with photography and I kind of fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. So literally saying it like that. Okay. Like instead of feeling like you don't have to apologize for it, it's something you enjoy doing. They're just trying to get mm-hmm. to know, you know what I mean? Right. So mm-hmm. be comfortable in it and own it. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and then, um, in terms of the other stuff, so, like, they may ask you something like, what do you do in your free time? Do you have a mm-hmm. good answer for that? I mean, it can be your interests, obviously, but mm-hmm. anything else you would add in there? I guess that's where I could say I enjoy boxing. Yeah. Um, add that in there. Yeah. Um, as generic as it sounds, reading. <laughs> what type of books do you read? Nonfiction. Like, what's your favorite book recently? Um, my favorite one recently... Should I say like the name of it, even if no one would know what it is? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Okay. Um, so it's called Smoke Gets in Your Eyes, and it's written by someone who worked in the funeral home industry for uh, several years, and it's about her experiences working and embalming and then going to school for that and everything that she kind of realized about death and how we approach death. And how did you get into that? It seems pretty dark. Um, it sounds dark from the description, but... Yeah. It actually um, is kind of optimistic at the end, and okay. it show it basically shows how in our society we take the wrong approach to death, mm. and how we're too scared of it, and because of that, that has other implications on um, our economy and on our health. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a good book. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. So, so that's great. Like that type of detail is awesome, and mm-hmm. I have one or two other books you're comfortable talking about okay. the and that you like because mm-hmm. those there that's great i think that's okay. really interesting and anyone who's at all intellectually curious and enjoys reading as well will all of a sudden really like you okay <laughs> you know what i mean and you mm-hmm. don't know 
this MD may may have loved nonfiction, doesn't get to read now, or maybe he reads every weekend. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, have you read this? And then boom, you guys connect on that. You don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome. Okay, and then um, trying to think what else. So, how is the other stuff going? Like the networking and the, you know, the. Mm-hmm the other kind of gauntlet <laughs> um that's been going really well so mm-hmm. um as you so you had said like last time we talked that I, sh- I should start reaching out just through linkedin because of how much more efficient it is so mm-hmm. i've been doing that and i've been getting a lot of um responses through that so a lot of the people have responded right away to my messages and i've already had a lot of calls and meeting coffee chat meetings um like already had them or have them set up and then there are other people who have, I guess, accepted my um, yeah. request to connect, but then we haven't actually spoken yet. So, like, they never replied to my message. How many? So, I guess those would be the people I reach out to over email then. Yeah. And how many did you send? Do you, are you using Write Inbox or Boomerang or one of these kind of reminder things to mm-hmm. start? Right. So, I have the free version. And then once I start sending out more emails, I um, you had said I should get the paid version. Yeah. So, I'm going to start that once. I start sending out more emails. Yeah, I would definitely do that because mm-hmm. they won't slip through the slip through the cracks. You know what I mean mm-hmm. when you're right. when you're doing that. So, um, what about specifically? Um, so, it looks you're up to three hundred nine connections. What were you up to? One hundred something. I think it was one hundred forty. Yeah, not there. bad. Not bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's that's great. I'd like mm-hmm. to get at five hundred next time we talk. So you get the <laughs> 500 yeah. plus you know it's it sounds silly but like just having somebody having heard your name and seen your face the mm-hmm. second around like when you actually come to them and give them an update on hey i got a spring internship at this private equity lending shop or i got a spring so this other boutique bank that i i gotta say it's gonna be almost impossible for you to land this one i'd be very shocked mm-hmm. because right. other juniors going up against you Mm-hmm. Or it's mostly other sophomores, I think. Mostly, but still, you're like a year mm-hmm. behind. You know, you're, you're right. a year. Uh, It'll just be good interview experience, I think. It'll be great. It'll mm-hmm. be great experience. And just trying to get, like, comfortable in the interview room with people, right. who, like, you may not have a lot in common with and just trying to make that connection and getting mm-hmm. really good at that. Right. Um, fashion, just conservative, um, mm-hmm. similar to your LinkedIn. Well, you right. know. You know fashion anyways, so you're fine. <laughs> You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised that some people walk into an interview with. Um, <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm, and I interned this past summer too, so I'm... You know, familiar. okay. Good. Any other questions like on the interview itself? So it sounds like it's just you're going to probably meet both no matter what. Um, mm-hmm. Is that the case? Yes, I think so. Do you know how many people are going through it? No. Okay. I only, I only know of one other, have talked to one other person who's interviewing. It's and a how far away is this from from where you are? Oh, it's not far at all. It's just over in Midtown East, so I can get there in a matter of like fifteen minutes. All right, so leave at least an hour before. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, try to get there like half hour before, mm-hmm. um, at least, so that you can just settle yourself, look through your res, just read your resume, like mm-hmm. you your resume by heart at this point, but just mm-hmm. so that you can get all the bullets. Right. The other thing I wanted to talk to you about is. If they if they veer off the the technical questions and the MD specifically may mm-hmm. more like he may just want to have a conversation, but mm-hmm. if he if he wants to go more behavioral or fit, have you prepped at all? Like, did we talk about stories and, and framing stories for different types um, of characters? 
I think we had talked about the basic questions like greatest weakness, greatest strength, yeah, a couple of those things, but nothing. Did I tell you? Did I tell you about how to like structure um, like different past experiences into in framing those? So like um, the way yeah. I think about this is like you have think of having like a bag full of stories, okay? <laughs> like seven, let's say seven stories. So mm -hmm. Grace, you have you go into this you go into this interview armed with seven stories. Mm -hmm. As soon as they start asking you a question, whether it's a greatest weakness, greatest strength, group conflict question, whatever, you immediately mm -hmm. start thinking into to your into your bag. You think, which one should I pull? Right. And what's important is you know which one to pull to leave you some wiggle room because one story could be good for like two kind of similar questions. Mm -hmm. Another one might be good, but it's good to so when somebody asks you why, uh, why should we hire you and not all the other incredibly bright and qualified people here. What you don't want to do is go and say, well, you know, I'm super hardworking. Um, you know, yeah, there's other Ivy League kids, but, you know, I'm, I had to work really hard to get here. And, you know, I'm just going to, you know, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. It's just really generic. Mm -hmm, right. I'd rather hear you say, um, you know, I'm a really hard worker. For example, when I was at blah, 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 and you go into one of your stories. Mm -hmm. And so you give a, a 30 second, one minute spiel, and then we'll tell me more about that. So then you're, you kind of go into the star um mm -hmm. framework which is stars s is situation mm -hmm. t is what was your task mm -hmm. a is the act um what action did you take and r mm -hmm. is the result oh so, okay i've heard of that you've mm -hmm. heard of that it's really so. helpful mm -hmm. like so what i think might be helpful for you over this weekend is to try and think to your previous experiences whether that was at john hop you know take a couple from john hopkins take a couple from right now in your first semester <laughs> like mm -hmm. the, projects whatever whatever it may mm -hmm. be um what like at least one or two stories talking about like work ethic balancing like a lot of things at once mm -hmm. so you, you never remember you never want to tell them you're something you want to show them you're something with uh with a story right mm -hmm. does that make sense yeah so that's, that's why you want to think of everything they ask you you should you should not immediately be thinking of adjectives for yourself you should be immediately thinking towards what story am i going to tell to illustrate that about myself Mm -hmm, that makes sense. Okay. So like, I think that would be a worthwhile little exercise where you're like, hey, um, standing up in front of all those people. I remember that was on your resume um, at mm -hmm. you know, John Hopkins. Like, what did that show? Mm -hmm. um, what are you working on? Like, what do you need the most improvement on? And you could maybe, maybe even say public speaking is something I still feel like I could improve upon. Mm -hmm. um, I know in banking, if you ever want to get really more senior, it's all about client-facing work. It's about being right. able to sell. And I still, I mean, I'm young, but I still feel like there's, you know, you could always improve that. Mm -hmm. it's something I'm working on. And that's a great answer because it's like everyone hates public speaking. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's never, yeah. not everyone, but like some people mm -hmm. think I love it. But, you know, even for myself, who I did really well in public speaking, it's still nerve-wracking, right? Mm -hmm. um, so... That's a good one. Be careful, like the weaknesses. Like I'm overly detail oriented, and I always do want to do all the work for everybody. Mm -hmm. It's okay. It's okay, but um, right. don't don't. It's more important that you come across as genuine. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean. You right. might actually have more success at landing the job at being like something something super like authentic. Like when they ask that, mm -hmm. like, what, you know, why are you, you know, what's your greatest weakness? Be like, well, I just feel like I'm kind of an introvert still and I'm a little bit nerdy. Mm -hmm. Like if you said that, like, they'd be mm -hmm. like, <laughs> what? Okay, <laughs> right. cool. Like if it, she has, she actually has self-awareness. Self like if you're saying mm -hmm. like you're a little shy and stuff, 
then it almost like makes the person feel more attached to you versus like a, some perfectly structured answer of I work so hard. I'm so detail oriented that sometimes I have a tough time. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean, like a fake weakness. Yeah, that's, mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So like just being authentic with people, I think can help you build that connection, but mm-hmm. it's still important. Like, so I say that, but it's still important to prep. Mm-hmm. And so to yeah. have those stories there so that when you're, so you can focus on your delivery and not what you're saying or what you're mm-hmm. going to say. Okay. Does that make like- sense? Because mm-hmm. like a lot of people will be like, oh, I'm going to wing it because I'm good. Like I, I just am a natural and blah, blah, blah. And they'll come in and they'll get a question and they'll be like, man, that's tough. I don't know. I'm not really sure about that. Like mm-hmm. we should have been ready for that question or at least it, right. <laughs> or at least some sort of derivative on it. So, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, tell me, do you feel like you're ready for those? I think so. Um, and I think like this weekend – um, I'm going to do like a little bit of mock interview prep with my friend in That'd exchange for help with her homework. So, <laughs> okay, good. you have, um, I would videotape yourself on that and just for yourself, just for your own mm-hmm. to watch it after, just put a set up mm-hmm. a camera. It'll be painful, but just, just do it. <laughs> you may notice something with your hands or your head or your, where you're looking, mm-hmm. you may notice something looking at yourself after. Okay. Um, so definitely do that. Um, the other thing I'd say is, um, so do you have enough stories right now? What what would you say? Like what what are your stories right now? Let me I'm pulling up your resume, like and I can mm-hmm. try to help you come up with some right now. Mm-hmm. Well, then... I can think of one that wouldn't be on my resume. Yep. Um in high school I had to do um in a group of three people, we had to make ninety minute two ninety minute presentations during the school year. Um mm-hmm. basically they called them like living papers. So we had to develop our own thesis and then present um in different creative ways all of our research around that and it was um like a history english thing i don't know but i'm not sure how to present that correctly because well, they were speak about that situation what was crazy about that situation or what was different i guess having to create our own ideas and then present them verbally and through um action and like through actions i'm not sure present them physically and verbally rather than just through writing a paper like you usually would. So it's like about public speaking or it's about like being like forced to, to deliver a presentation in a way that was different or something? Both of those. So what was, so you're saying you had to present it. It was like a, something you had to present in front of the class. Yes. So I don't know if that's like super mm-hmm. unique. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're telling me that there was like a conflict with somebody in the group or something, mm-hmm. maybe, okay. or, like do you know what I mean because like they're gonna they're probably they're not gonna ask you like tell me about a group project you did right you a harder question like tell me about a group project where there was some conflict or like tell me about a time where you were working and your boss you disagree with your boss what did you do Mm -hmm. okay so like those are the kind of yeah and that that makes sense that you say that you know what I mean you know what Mm -hmm. I mean like be ready for the behaviorals around those and so like the ones with like working hard I think um you should talk about a time in your life where you were balancing like lots of different things at once, where you were working like 80 whatever hour weeks with school, with this, with that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can talk about, you know, being valedictorian. You don't have to say that, but be, in high school, you know, how you, you know, you mm-hmm. were balancing, um, you know, AP classes with um, being part of the, this scholarship, this society and whatnot. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Did you right. play sports? 
Um, I helped start the ultimate Frisbee team. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, you know, founding, you know, starting the ultimate Frisbee team, you know, keeping and your then I did out. other things too. So, okay. So, but like, just, I don't know if that's the time in your life where you feel like the most busy, maybe it's now, mm -hmm. um, but get identifying that part and talking about how you had to balance like literally 10 different things. Mm-hmm. You can talk about like a time when you had like maybe this midterm maybe coming up, you know, midterms or, or whatnot, and you had five interviews one week, you know, whatever, whatever it is, you want to be able to kind of um, give them a visual of you working through a very tough schedule because that mm -hmm. gives them confidence that if there is an 80 hour week or, you know, there is a crazy week, you like you can handle it. Mm -hmm. That makes okay. sense. Um, um, would it work to it's I guess just for one of those types of stories yeah um so I have um I guess ever since I guess the most recent time was junior year of high school but like I've had different hospitalizations and I even through those I've been able to keep up my grades and um stay on track of all my schoolwork and maintain honors yes although I'd be, I'd be careful because if they think it's a serious hospitalization and it mm -hmm. might like, hinder your job performance right <laughs> out i don't know if i would disclose that okay um okay. you could say if it was a temporary do you think it's an ongoing thing or is it was it a temporary thing no it was past things okay so if it's it's a passing they just might be really curious what it is you don't have to share mm -hmm. i'm just saying they there might be that curious if you're if you're open with them and you're comfortable sharing it with the interview mm -hmm. then i think it's more powerful okay um just because that i guess like that my work with Hopkins originates too from having an illness when I was younger. So yeah, you and know, it ties it all. Yeah, it ties it together. Why you had that tie there and all that stuff. So I think it's awesome. Um, yeah. So I think honestly, the more genuine, the more authentic, the more like passionate you can be about your past and what you did, but illustrating like the projects you did, talking about why you did that and the challenges that arose during it and how you're a team player mm -hmm. and how you just try to work through it and communicate how you're, you always try to be respectful if you disagree with somebody um, and try to um, work through problems. Mm -hmm. I think you want to have a story around that. You don't want to say okay. it. You know what I mean? Like I'm mm -hmm. saying it, but like it'd be so much more powerful if you told me, for example, when I was the, um, when I had to, you know, do, uh, when I was running the Hopkins Children's Magazine or whatever, um, mm -hmm. or authoring this article or when I was contributing to this, these initiatives, um, to improve patient performance, I had to, you know, talk with a lot of things and these people, some people disagreed with how I did this and did that, you know, whatever, mm -hmm. show them the conflict and the resolution, the fact that you're able to navigate those things. Okay. Um, and so you may have to dig a little bit to think, you may have to think a little mm -hmm. bit for those, but those stories are important because they're not just going to want to hear you're like, yeah, and I did this and then I did that and it's all hunky dory and everything's been great. Mm -hmm. They want to hear about the conflict. They want to hear about the struggle. They want to hear. And mm -hmm. those stories naturally we're more drawn to. Mm -hmm. Right? Right. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, I, if, you, if you want, I think would be a, a useful exercise for you. Mm -hmm. Would be to create a Google Doc and you can share it with me. Mm -hmm. And name each of your stories. Be like the Hopkins uh, Council or ambassador story. Mm-hmm the um the sickness the youth my youth sickness story mm -hmm. and like i don't know if you want to integrate them into one or split them into two but think about mm -hmm. that 
but okay. really about what the situation was, what was your task, what was the action and the result, mm -hmm. I think will help you. So like four bullets. Okay. Summarizing, not writing out all the whole story. Right. Type it out because it's going to make it really not genuine, but just understanding those four bullets on each of those. Mm -hmm. Let's just try, go for five. Okay. Okay. Go for five mm -hmm. now. And then eventually when you're doing like full-time investment recruiting, we're going to We'll take those five, probably mm -hmm. modify them a little bit, make them a little bit tighter, and then also maybe even go to seven. Mm -hmm. You're really ready okay. for the tricky, tricky behavioral <laughs> questions that they yeah. ask you. Um, sometimes it's like tough. You're like trying to fabricate, like you're like, I don't know, I didn't have any real conflicts. I'm a chill person. Like I get along with everybody. You know, like for me, it was tough. Like mm -hmm. to do that thing, to do that. Um, um, but I think it's it's an important it's an important skill. Mm -hmm. To, to start to the behaviorals and people underestimate the behaviorals like if I just get the technical questions no it's about being able to show them not tell them show them that you mm -hmm. have skills that are relevant to the job so the, the job is going to be hard working right you have to show that you're hard working you have to show that you're diligent detail oriented you have to be able to show that you're like can handle multiple deadlines and be like not stressed out and then you got to show that like you're comfortable speaking to in front of people they can put you in front of clients and you're mm -hmm. And I think the speaking that's easy because you have like you've presented in front of people, you've you've been in leadership positions. So that's that's kind of an easy story one. But the harder one will be like I don't know, maybe not. The harder one will be like balancing the multiple timelines, all that stuff. Because mm -hmm. like oh. remember, you're going up against people who some people who have really high GPAs, like maybe not a three eight or four zero, but maybe they have a three seven three eight, and they're in varsity mm -hmm. athletic. Right. The athlete putting in twenty thirty hours a week there. Mm -hmm. So then they right. can easily talk to that and to it. Mm -hmm. like, right. <laughs> and it's tough to beat somebody, you know, if that other person across from the table them is an athlete, they're going to really, it's really going to resonate with them. Mm -hmm. So, right. So that's all. Anything, anything else as you go into it? I mean, I think you're, I think the best thing is just to really not expect anything and go in just with a big, mm -hmm. go in with a big smile. And right. Like, just confidence because you really have mm -hmm. nothing to lose. You're you're so young, and this is like just an incredible opportunity to be given to to interview with them. Mm -hmm. um, you may want to even be aggressive. Mm -hmm. So I'm saying like, if you want a shot at landing it, like I don't see if you play it down the middle, meaning if you go in and you do your little, you do your stories well, and you answer the technicals right, and th there's going to be another kid who answers the technicals right, and they just um, you know, he say, but he's a guy, and he relates better with the the guys who are interviewing him, and mm -hmm. boom, the job because he's a junior. Yeah. Or he's gonna be, or a sophomore, whatever. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, she's next year. We'll get her next year. So, like to me, it might make sense to say something along the lines at the end of. Mm, I'm I'm kind of debating in my head because I'm thinking, should you be aggressive and be like, <laughs> you know, you know, I'd really like, I'd really appreciate the opportunity to work mm -hmm. with you, and I just wanted to say that um, before. Mm -hmm. Any, like some people like really just directly looking them in the eye mm -hmm. and just letting them know that this is something you really want mm -hmm. um i think can help but it's only yep. if only if you can do it genuinely right mm -hmm. honestly i don't think you have a lot to lose mm -hmm. right it's almost like if your odds are let's say 10 percent of landing this because it's one slot and you're probably going up against at least 10 other people probably and they're all probably sophomores, or a lot of them are. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> so, like, if your odds are that low, why just do the same thing that everyone else is doing? Mm -hmm. It's like you need a higher variance. You need a higher um, variance move where you're, like, direct at the end. That uh, makes sense. Mm -hmm. 
but only if you feel like com- you can't do it if it's going to come across as super awkward and like right. <laughs> you know you got to know your own personality like i got right. a place out of after a lot of practice where i was comfortable doing that mm-hmm. especially if you feel like you've done a really good job in the interview and like you've nailed it then mm-hmm. it's almost like okay so i got i'm going to start for you guys right like i'm in right <laughs> like when do i start <laughs> you know that kind of thing mm-hmm. um and you'll i think you'll get there with a lot of with a lot of reps so i think for next time Let's assume this doesn't go right. I'm going to have my fingers crossed and hope <laughs> get it. But you have this other PE credit, actually. Mm-hmm. And as you're networking and getting on more calls, um, I didn't even think of that. I didn't even think of during the year internships. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of Fordham students do like, that. So I know a sophomore who's already had four internships. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not, yeah. <laughs> that's such a huge opportunity. Um, mm mm-hmm. The one thing you got to be careful of, it's not just filler and just junk, like mm-hmm. you can get the ones where you do any sort of meaningful work or any sort of analytical work. It's like mm-hmm. gold on your resume, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so we'll just keep that in mind. Like you don't necessarily want to go to like the first private wealth management internship you're going to get. That's like, right. you know, just database work and uh, mm-hmm. just like cleaning up contact records and stuff like that. Because mm-hmm. then it's just... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it shows you can do a lot of tedious work, which I guess is good. Um, but mm-hmm. it's especially not. during the school year, my time's worth something. Also, going towards it school is. work, so towards school work, and then also towards just meeting more people and talking mm-hmm. to people, so that you're just really knowledgeable. So, like mm-hmm. that, what is investment banking question? If you've spoken mm-hmm. with enough people, if you've read enough WSO, if you've gone through enough stuff, you should know that, like inside and out. Mm-hmm. Like you right. should. Oh, and there's this, and there's this branch, and there's this division, mm-hmm. and there's that division. And that's right. like, oh my gosh, <laughs> this girl, she knows her investment banking. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. and so that'll, and then, well, okay, walk me through a sell side process, or walk me through a buy side process. You're like, mm-hmm. well, first you do this, and then you do that, and then you do this at university, you do some comps, and then you, blah blah, mm-hmm. and then you you get you get the, you collect all the LOIs, and then you go through, you try to figure out who the finalists and final rounds are. Like knowing all that, that's not um, that really shows that like you're not just targeting investment banking because it's like what your friend's doing you know what i mean mm-hmm. right so you've actually been looking at it for a year or you know in this case i don't know six months <laughs> <laughs> but um mm-hmm. any questions kind of leading up, anything else leading up into into um the one thing i did notice on your resume you did mention valuation three statement model merger modeling and stuff um you said self-taught i i would really put an hour okay limit in there just quantify it mm-hmm. um self-taught over 50 plus hours using da 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 whatever mm-hmm. it is if it's 30 hours that's fine but just put a number in there okay because i don't know if you've spent 200 hours i don't know if you spent 10 hours if you only spent 10 hours maybe leave it off but if you spent over mm-hmm. like 20 or 30 hours i'd put it in there it's probably like somewhere around 30 okay yes so yeah um okay any other questions about that? and that's just for for going forward as you network mm-hmm. i just another little tweak to your resume as i look at the last one Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I have any other questions. I said one thing I was just going to um, yeah. tell you. So I went to uh, Fordham has this diversity and inclusion night. So it's basically like a lot of women, like minority students, and they had representatives from all the different banks. And um, the one of the diversity recruiting people at RBC actually noticed the fashion journalism part and um, had like reached out to me beforehand. He said, that's what made like me stand out or something and so he really likes me and um is like gonna um get me like let me in early or something about 
their um, program next year. So their women's program. The interest, they pay off. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I was just going <laughs> to add that because that was good. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I mean, you, it's because, that, you know, think of, think of the poor person on the other end of looking through hundreds of resumes. Mm-hmm. The interests are the only interesting thing. Right. <laughs> so it's like oftentimes people go like this and they go right down to the bottom. Okay, that's cool. And then they read it and then they go up, you know, and they mm -hmm. look like scan GPA and, you know, school major, all that good stuff. Um, and then that's why the numbers are so powerful. That's why quantification is so powerful in a resume mm -hmm. because it really just makes it so much easier to like believe, number one. And number two, just like it adds so much more legitimacy. You're not like, I led this initiative on the collaboration of this comp this international conference mm -hmm. and then you're like what the hell does that mean mm -hmm. no i helped book 323 little mom people a 33 percent increase over the prior like that mm -hmm. that's tangible do you know what i mean mm -hmm. right uh, so the second bullet's much better than the first so i think you have that i think it's 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 very strong um mm -hmm. what you have here so i think you're gonna be in good shape especially if you can get a spring fingers crossed a spring mm -hmm. internship Right. Uh, anything else? Any other places you think? Do, do you think anywhere else, like uh, any of the people you're reaching out to on LinkedIn, would be open to that in New York? I'm not sure. Most of the people I've talked to, I guess, are from bigger places or places that, or other people have told me have said like we do take interns, but only juniors. So what about and, like, without me even bringing it up? What about a filter looking at boutiques? Are you able to on LinkedIn do a filter of um, New York investment banking, like two to, or like one to 10 employees. I think you can do that. Okay. Um, I hadn't thought about that, but that, yeah. That'd because be cool. like, that's the, that's the realistic, um, target market. Right. And mm -hmm. so let me share my screen, see if I can do this. If I go under search, tell me if you have all this companies, uh no search people do you have oh here we go location new york greater new york So you can't do it based on that. And under the normal search, LinkedIn search, I don't think you can do it based on company size. Mm -hmm. See that? Right. Do you have sales navigator? You no. <laughs> so if you have this, check this out. Advanced search, search for leads. And you go industry, investment banking. You do... Um, Company filters, company headcount. Uh, you can do self oh, okay. one to ten, even do eleven to fifty, and then mm -hmm. you do um, just start smaller. Is this through one of the other premium um, levels yeah. where it's like recruiting or something? Yeah, it's like sales now, but like this. Look at how much this is, mm -hmm. um, because I honestly think, and then you could do title CEO partner um, you can do uh, managing director you can do uh, vice president 
and then you could do um, associate even. Now, what else can we do? First name school. Just check this really quick for them. 25. Have you talked to him? Um, I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs> Roth Capital Partners, Univis Securities, Assistant Vice President. Kendall from Jane's Capital Partners, FinPro. I will try to send you this list. Okay. But this is, I think, I think it might be, make sense for you to invest in this. Mm -hmm. Because you're going to be able to do a really nice tailored searches. And even if you go outside of, um, even if you go outside of Fordham and you do something like, um, company i was gonna say fordham's business school has a different yeah uh, linkedin so that's fordham gobelli gobelli mm -hmm. so it's the second result when you type fordham it'll say gobelli yeah mm -hmm. and that one usually comes up with more 26 but this is all just remember we're small mm -hmm. so casper laura north point advisors they're san francisco Mm-hmm. But is she in New York? San Francisco. It makes sense to talk to her. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, tell me how much this is. Okay. Um, I think we have it. I think it's like 60 bucks a month or something. Okay. It's not cheap. But, so is it the recruiting one? Yeah, it's called Sales Navigator. Mm -hmm. um, it basically gives you an additional way to like find leads. So like this is the normal people filter. Mm -hmm. Right. And so you can do schools, but you can't do like size of school. So like I think it's a much more, it's much more beneficial for you to even look at like these small company headcounts mm -hmm. because you're not going to waste your time going to like the bulge brackets, the middle markets. You're going to just be looking for those right. peaks. Mm -hmm. uh, geography, I want to just say New York. Just twenty. So, like, but even if you if you broaden it, you could do other like small schools mm -hmm. and use that as like. So, like, let me think of another small school, um, like Baruch or I don't know. I've been reaching out to a lot of people um, that I found through filter searches for high schools in Maryland near me. Perfect. Um, and that's I've gotten a lot of responses that way. Yeah, because you're you're using that as a specific mm -hmm. kind of link. Um, you could, yeah, with region, you could even say Maryland. What if you went back and did an internship in Maryland? Mm -hmm. Look at this, 99. Mm -hmm. That's probably going to be much less competitive. Oh, but you can't, right. that has to be the summer. Mm -hmm. That has to be the summer, but that could right. start working on that. Mm -hmm. I, there is one person I've talked with um, at a boutique bank in Baltimore mm -hmm. um, who had mentioned reaching out to her in January about interning. Perfect. So I hope that's on your reminder list. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> <Okay>. Yes. <laughs> I will remember to tell you. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think this is powerful. I mean, you can do the Maryland investment bank, but you can't do this, this boutique, mm -hmm. which, which could really make you much more efficient. Mm -hmm. uh, it only... 
specific things. Although, you know, to be honest, if you're going to be hitting up a ton of people, it might be enough to go location in Maryland. And then investment banking. Let me see how many people show up. Let's see here. But that's a great idea, like just using because Maryland's not like there's not a ton of banks there, right? No. So it's it's and most of them are around Baltimore. So yeah, see, this is 789, so it's a little bit. The other one was just 99 because it's smaller. Mm-hmm. But like, think of the think of the difference. Like, you have to go through 789. Uh-huh. <laughs> Things only go through 100 on the other ones, and the 100 are potentially like RBC. Like, they they have a very structured recruiting process. Obviously, uh-huh. Credit Suisse, you know. Right. Um, so give it some thought. Do you, are you taking out loans right now? No. Life? You're not? Okay. Are you working on the side at all? No. All right. Okay, good. <laughs> um, but like Stiefel, M&T, like any of these would be great, but I think a lot of them have structure. They're going to be like, sorry, we only take juniors. Mm-hmm. Whereas you talk to somebody at like, like I know this guy, I know Kyle, for example, and he works at like this tiny... Kyle Jefferson, I know. Chesapeake, mm-hmm. like that's a tiny little investment bank and they'd mm-hmm. probably happy to take you unpaid. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's the kind of thing that um, I think if you if you use these filters, I mean, it might be something where you can just go through and any like Evercore, you just ignore these big ones mm-hmm. and you talk to, you know, Brent at Trafalgar, you talk mm-hmm. to uh, not even Oppenheimer, Brooks Investment Group, that looks, that sounds smaller, I haven't mm-hmm. heard of that. Yeah, there's a few firms in Baltimore that I've talked to a few people. At. Good. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, like, what else? What else could we do besides just like location? So, location. Um, you did the female minority conference, which is great. Sounds mm-hmm. like you have a really strong lead there. Are there any? Is there anybody else from that conference that you spoke to that you feel like you had a lead or no? Um, not really. A few of the people that I met, not at the job fair part, but just otherwise, worked for bigger banks. Mm-hmm. So the ones that are going to have the more structured processes. Like um, practice next year, we'll, we'll do a sophomore thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's never bad to be early. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone <laughs> always just says, like, apply for the sophomore women's program. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. And you will next year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you right. will. Sort of <laughs> um, but, yeah, it'd be great to get something. I mean, if you apply, if you can somehow land something relevant spring and even not spring but something back in baltimore that's relevant around banking mm-hmm. you're like a shoe in for a, bit, a lot of those programs because mm-hmm. a lot of people won't have anything freshman summer that's mm-hmm. that's this targeted mm-hmm. and i was going to ask so for this summer i also there i have a family friend who's um works in wealth management at um rw baird yep. and he had talked about maybe um like giving my resume to some of the people he works with Mm -hmm. but would it be better to work in banking even for a smaller name yes that okay it would but that would be a great internship like don't turn that down like Mm -hmm. i would just try to slow play it a little bit right (laughs) (laughs) because if you can get into banking and that's why it's like that's why timing matters because like you don't want to when you get an offer that's good like the most important thing is you get a financial related internship financial mm-hmm. service related trip in your freshman summer so that mm-hmm. would be awesome but it's in well it's in wealth management right mm-hmm. um so it's not and that's very very common like freshman right. summer you're doing like a wealth management and then sophomore you're doing like oftentimes another wealth management and then junior mm-hmm. banking one um so don't feel like 
at all, that's a bad option. That's a great mm -hmm. option. Okay. You have a lot. You have a lot going for you because you're starting freshman year. Okay. I feel bad for the other guys. <laughs> like they're doing well. They landed like they've landed some great stuff. Um, mm -hmm. But it's like it was more stressful because it was mm -hmm. like second. You know, more of a time crunch. Exactly. So for you, I think your time crunch is like just trying to get yourself into the best position. I think if you're able to land a boutique banking internship, I think by the time your junior summer rolls around, I think you're going to be in play for the bulge brackets. Mm -hmm. And that's what I like. Or even, you know, don't quote me on it, but potentially even private equity. Mm -hmm. But that really depends how much like how much you go after it. You know, mm -hmm. if you keep this pace up where you're like connecting and talking and through your first two years of school, mm -hmm. a lot of great things are going to come. You're going to mm -hmm. have a lot of options. So I think just keep that up. Don't let that slip. Like just always just be like, okay, I'm going to go put in two hours of networking. <laughs> like now. <Right. laughs> um, and if you have the budget um, to try and make your search a little bit more targeted towards banking boutiques in Baltimore, mm -hmm. banking, banking boutiques in New York. Mm -hmm. um, and you could even start by like, if you if you do the sales nav, get the cheapest one, whatever, sixty-eight dollars a month, and then you like start with like boutique banks and do like the one to five person shops, like the tiny mm -hmm. ones. Right. And just literally go through the pay and the, however many there are and just message all the message all the female bankers. Mm -hmm. Cause you may have a you're probably gonna have a higher hit rate. Right. Because they're like, Oh, I see myself in her and you know, <laughs> like I was right. like that. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And you can mm -hmm. start with that if you're if you're pressed for time. But mm -hmm. I, I'd like you to get through all of them if you can. Mm -hmm. you know? But you also don't want to reach out to everyone at the same firm. Not the same thing, but I mean, these, these mm -hmm. are like one to five people. Right, true. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a big risk. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, I, think you're, I think you're in great shape. I'm very curious to hear how your, um, how your interview goes on Monday. Mm -hmm. It's like your first banking interview, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Sort of like you might actually be asked evaluation questions and the... <laughs> All that stuff. So that'll be a great experience for you. Um, just try to remember, go in like without anything to lose and just because mm -hmm. you don't because there's no expectations. I don't expect you to get it. Right. If you do, it's just cherry on the top. It's awesome. Like it's mm -hmm. super great start. But if you don't mm -hmm. also like, well, yeah, of course you didn't. Like <laughs> if, <laughs> if life was that easy, you know, like everyone would do it. So uh, I was shocked to even get an offer for an interview. So yeah, uh, I mean, well, it goes to say like your resume is really strong. It looks really mm -hmm. solid on paper. So like just going in and being personable is probably more important than like being perfect on the technicals. If that mm -hmm. makes sense. And just right. like when the learning, why invest in banking? Why do you want to do that? Really, mm -hmm. really focusing on you just wanting to learn and being around smart people and think it's a great opportunity for yourself. And mm -hmm. you, know, you know that from all the people you've spoken with and you can be like, I spoke with the people here and here and here. They all just harp on the fact that it's just, an amazing learning opportunity and, um, and it's a great platform whether you want to stay in banking or potentially go corporate corporate finance or others mm -hmm. like it's it's just it leaves you so many options because mm -hmm. you have such a strong skill set focusing on that and really harping on it like that's and you're passionate about it and the way you deliver it is, is mm -hmm. genuine i think will will resonate really well with them okay so maybe we'll leave i don't know maybe we'll leave it on that but <laughs> okay yeah. Uh, I mean, is there anything else that I can help answer before? I know Monday's. I think so. Okay. Well, have fun too. Remember to smile. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because I know it can be yeah. stressful, and um, mm -hmm. don't don't let the the opportunity like you know take you away from the big picture because you're gonna have lots of lots of at bats. Okay. 
Exactly. Yeah. No, I'm not going to be too worried going into it. I know it's just a good experience. So Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, good luck. Keep me up to Thank date. Thank you. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye. And thanks to you, my listeners at Wall Street Oasis. If you have any suggestions whatsoever, please don't hesitate to send them my way, patrick at wallstreetoasis.com. Until next time.